Welcome to Dudes with Some Balls, Jordan Ross and I. I just kicked a desk. I'm fired up. Let's freaking go, man. With that being said, welcome to another edition of Dudes with Some Balls. For those that live, breathe, and love all things sports while valuing the convenience of your own time, this is Dudes with Some Balls. For the fan from the fan, the podcast made for you. a pluffer today while keeping it short we're going to talk about our wrapped up picks because i know you gambling fiends in your young 20s love losing money we're going to talk about a little college football just a touch a little sprinkle of the semi salt of college football and then a little bit of some baseball talks for you mainly surprisingly jordan and i might take a look at the nl east but this is dudes with some balls let's get it jordan new week new opportunities i said on our locked up or wrapped up locks of the week i said New week, new locks, parentheses, hopefully better results. We did not do good last week. We did not. As a podcast, we were, what, three and six? Yeah, tough. Week one. Yeah. There was quarterbacks in the NFL last week that you could tell it was week one for them. We didn't have a preseason, you know? No preseason. Putting locks in in the preseason. So this was our like our tune-up game or tune-up week. So going into week two, actually looking at the board, I like some of the picks. And uh, I'm excited for today because – it is a fun time in sports. We get a lot of stuff going on with NFL, college football, baseball heating up. We're going to kind of touch on all of those things as opposed to having just a one segment or one sport that we discuss. Yeah. An announcement that Jordan and I literally just talked about five minutes ago. Wrapped up. We had our own little show for it. We did one episode on there. We're going to actually just move it over to Dudes with Some Balls. It's going to be our start of the week segment, Dudes with Some Balls, but it'll be wrapped up. So we keep you up to date as fresh as we can with football. And Jordan left a unbelievable speech to open up wrapped up if you didn't catch that episode about our poor performance. But this week, Jordan, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good going into this weekend. None of us touched the Thursday night game, so we can talk about this for this podcast to come out Friday. The Chargers are playing the Titans. That's who I picked. Minus three-point favorite. I'm hammering that all day, especially after the shootout they had in Miami. I also got Miami winning again because of how Tua played, and he's coming with some vengeance. I don't know if you saw the quote after the game against the Chargers with Tua where they were like, how are you going to feel about the critics out there saying you still can't throw the ball deep? And all he said was 466. Yards throwing to uh, the sleeve. I said it, the sleeve, dude. He's him. And then Denver and Washington both can't score, so I bet the under on that one. That's a good under. I, I People were very high on uh, Sam Howell going into this year. I thought he looked okay. I mean, he looked mediocre week one. This Broncos offense doesn't look very good. That The Broncos unders might be just a play until <laughs> prove to me you can hit an over before I start not betting the under. So I like that. Uh, Booth had some picks in there as well. We'll touch on those for him. He had the Saints Panthers over 40. So he's uh, he's liking Derek Carr this week. That's my guy. He loves uh, Derek Carr. We love Derek Carr. Yeah, we do. He's got Dallas minus nine against the Jets. And Buffalo, Las Vegas under 47. So he's taking the under. He uh, didn't like what he saw with the Bills offense last week or the Raiders offense apparently. So my picks for the week, I have Green Bay. Minus two, and they are – I don't even remember. They are on the road against Atlanta. So I, I think Atlanta's offense kind of stumbled a little bit late. 
I like Green Bay minus two. I got the Saints as well as one of my picks, but I have them minus three against the Panthers. Bryce Young's second his career start. He looked a little out of sorts week one. And then I got Baltimore plus three and a half. A matchup between both of our MVPs, mine being Joe Burrow, yours being Lamar Jackson. This isn't a knock on Joe Burrow. I just think that these this is going to be a rivalry game, and it's week two. Last year, the Bengals started 0-2. I think wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals win this game, but I think Baltimore either keeps it close or wins it outright. I think it's a field goal game, Baltimore plus three and a half. It's a great one to bet on, too, just because maybe even go the over on this one as well, even though both defenses are pretty good just because of what you said and both quarterbacks weren't that impressive week one so it's yeah. it might be one of those games the the problem is, is with betting the over on poor performance so the Ravens scored 25 points last week against a bad or a bad Houston Texans team let's just call it that yeah call it, it hurt it hurt you to say it yeah the Bengals scored three points so you'd need some you need some type of jump from that Bengals offense a drastic jump uh, as from last week for that over to really hit, I don't even have the line in front of me, but I'm assuming it's probably somewhere around 44, 44 and a half would be my guess. 45 and a half. Let's see uh, how good you are at guessing. You you're really good at this. I remember 46 and a half. Great job. 45. Okay. So one point off. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that over. I'm going to play the Ravens plus three and a half. And I think it's a field goal game. I love it. I love that you're confident in the Ravens and that shows you're going against your MVP. Unbiased pick there. Good job, Jordan. Another sneaky one that I want to throw in, I almost made it my wrapped up lock of the week, but I try, I'm i trying to stay away from the Seahawks when I do these things. But if you look at the Lions and Seahawks, they've played each other the past two regular seasons. So the 2021-22 season, the Seahawks beat the Lions 51-29. to And then last year, early in the season, again, this was played on October 2nd, they had an absolute duel in Detroit, 48-45. to The Seahawks walked out victorious. The over-under is set for 47 right now. And based on the past two games of history can repeat itself a third time betting that over would not hurt. So if I, I could be wrong about this game, but I'm pretty sure Detroit started the week at minus six or minus six and a half. Like it was more than what it is right now. It looks like it's minus four and a half. Yeah. Um, I think that scares me as a Seahawks. If you're uh -huh. a Seahawks better to see that line start slipping. Cause that's mean, that just means that that's where the money's going. People are thinking the Seahawks are covered. A hundred percent. And I think a lot of that plays into uh, Jamal Adams being activated to play this week, as well as first round pick, fifth overall pick, Devin Witherspoon. So the Seahawks are looking to get some more help on defense. We'll see if that hits, though. The Lions looked good against the Chiefs, and the Seahawks did not look good against the Rams. So You're right, though. Those games always feel like they're kind of close. So, I mean, see what happens. Um you guys obviously bet with your own hearts and desires, as as I know Jordan does so well, betting off emotion and biasy, but we all do it, right? Look, I want to, I guess we can transition, unless you have anything NFL related you'd love to say. Long pause. I'll 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 hold off. I don't want to fall into the narrative on primetime games, so I'll hold my thoughts for off camera. Until after week two, until you yeah. feel for sure. Yeah. So college football, you said it's kind of a dry week, and I agreed a little bit. You had a game that you did want to watch, though. Yes, it is the Washington Huskies. I don't have any betting lines or anything like that, but I, that's kind of the one game I'm like interested in watching this week. The Huskies obviously being in the top 10 or French top 10 team. Michigan State, I don't know if I necessarily trust them. They have a huge issue 
I don't know if you've been in college football news. I'm sure you have, but with Mel Tucker, their coach, having mm-hmm. allegations coming, there's a bunch of distractions there. I don't know what the line is. I think it was like 16 and a half last time I checked with Washington being favored. I kind of want to lean that line from a gambling perspective, but I do. I am excited to see Michael Penix Jr. face off against this defense. I think he could have a really big game. That's kind of the one game I have circled on my radar in a a list of bad games this week. Yeah, it's pretty dry this week. It is a little weird, though, minus 16 and a half because they're playing at Michigan State. So and that's not a very easy environment, regardless of how Michigan State is. Obviously, it was way better when Michigan State was competing for Big Ten titles, and they haven't done that in a while. But Noah Kim, the Spartans, I think he's a junior. Yeah, junior quarterback has actually been, I'll say, somewhat solid. He hasn't had to play anybody really good yet. 571 yards, five touchdowns, but his QBR is a 59.4. So nothing really to ride home about. Last year, these two teams met in Mount Lake in Seattle, Washington. Uh UW ended up winning 39 to 28. So the line's bigger than what the Huskies ended up winning last year. So that does interest me a bit. I think all eyes this week will probably either be on Florida state. Who's ranked third. Now my sneaky playoff team, which wasn't that sneaky, but come on, they're playing Boston college, or it's going to be probably set where my eyes go to is this Tennessee versus Florida game. Florida struggled pretty bad against Utah. They won last week. Tennessee is up to ranking number 11. I know this game's kind of circled just for an SEC rivalry matchup, so it could be a good one to pay attention to. That game is set for a 7 o'clock Eastern time kick, and Tennessee on the road is a six-point favorite. Yeah, and Joe Milton has not looked, I think, as good coming out of the gate of this season as we thought he would. Mm-hmm. The line being at six scares me. It makes me, even though I have zero faith in Graham Mertz starting quarterback at Florida, <laughs> I just like my new Bo, Bo Nicks, dude. I just stay away from betting on uh, Graham Mertz. So I had Utah week zero, but uh, I do think that that could be a game where Tennessee rolls them, but I don't know. It's a, it's a toss for me at that, at that spread. It's scary. I always talk about it because I've seen it so many times with Oregon. And that's just being an Oregon fan. Those years where you're close to making the playoffs, there's always that trap game. And college football is the most like sincere trap game because you lose once and you might not be in the playoffs. And this could be an early season Tennessee trap game on the road in Florida, a team you should probably win with ease even being on the road. I don't know, man. Especially like you talked about Milton not playing as good as he was anticipated in our eyes. Yeah. And I will say you brought up Florida State being your – playoff team sneaky playoff team i went ahead and threw in texas in yeah. there with that podcast so as of right now you and i both have kind of our uh our sneaky teams in the playoffs if the season ended today it's only been two weeks but... maybe we should stick to college football because our nfl picks through week one have not been good but There's we're looking we're looking good in the college game man yeah big horns win i know you were excited about that you were texting yep booth and i about that so i'm excited for you let's let's talk some mlb baseball now do it your eyes my eyes and anybody who's a fan of aos teams is on the aos but i'm gonna go and be a little more sympathetic to the rest of the world i just feel so sorry for phillies fans because it is hard to go what they're going through with the Braves. And it is tough when y'all are being a bunch of sorry ass bitches, like straight up the Atlanta Braves, a team you beat last year in the NLDS took your trip to the world series. You knocked off the defending champs who were the Braves. And now you're upset about them winning the division on your field. 
and then your own team or stadium operations puts a congratulations sign on the scoreboard. That's normal. That's not weird to do, but you guys acting super sensitive, your coach Thompson talking bad about Acuna saying, I like to see my guys act like they've been there before. And then Tyler Matzik reliever for the Atlanta Braves dropping the hardest quote in response. I think I've ever seen in my life talking about Ronald Acuna. He said, if you don't like it, stop it. If you can't stop it, admire it. If you can't admire it, keep it down. So everyone else can enjoy the show. And then he ended his tweet with hashtag Acuna MVP. And that's awesome, dude. Because no matter what you say about Ronald Acuna Jr., he is the game's most outside of maybe Shohei Otani. But I think, in my opinion, the game's most exciting young player because of Otani is super respectful. And Acuna, I don't think he's disrespectful. He just plays with a greater chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and I know you're a big fan of him. And he is fun to watch. I have my own issues with Acuna. I, I Just watching him play in person is a little bit different than watching him play on TVs. He, like you mentioned with Otani, he's way more calm. He can control his emotions like a lot of guys in the MLB can do. Mike Trout, obviously, there's a lot of guys in the MLB who have done a better job, I would say, of controlling emotions. To me, feels like he's on a roller coaster when everything's going great. He'll be the first one to dance and show off. But seeing him play in person, I watched him have a hat trick and pouty face walk out to right field uh, after Wait. each we were both at that game, if you yes. remember. That was we were both, and we don't live in Atlanta, but we were both out in Atlanta watching that Astros Braves series, which is so funny still to this day. But uh, I remember that game too. Poor body language. Yeah, just poor, just a, just a show me guy. No, look, <laughs> I get your point, but Acuna, man, he is. Say what you want about him, regardless of if you think he's going to be the MVP or not, or if you think, like you said, sometimes a lackluster attitude. He is results oriented to no other degree. Since his arrival with the Atlanta Braves in 2018, guess how many division titles they've won? All of them. Six. Most, this is the longest active consecutive division winning streak out of any team. The Braves just clinched their 23rd NL East division title. And then they also have just owned the league the whole year. It's, it's impressive what they've done. And a lot of that is credited to Acuna. He produces a winning culture and the Phillies don't be too sensitive because you guys didn't win the division last year and you knocked this Braves team off. So hopefully my hopes with all this beef, because it seems like the two teams that beef the most in the regular season have to somewhere end up play each other in the playoffs. So I'm hoping that this comes again because the Phillies won that NLDS last year, three to one on route to their world series appearance to who they lost to uh, your Houston Astros. Yeah, that'd be a fun rematch. The Phillies kind of worked them last year. They the only thing that worries me about these in recent memory, the teams that have gone on and had the best record in baseball, haven't fared well in the postseason. If you look at the Dodgers last season, they had a chance at breaking the single season uh, win record in prior years. I think the Astros in 2019 won 109 or something like that when they had Garrett Cole before he had left. They didn't end up winning the World Series that year. They got they lost to a Nationals team that didn't even win 90 games. So it's the regular season is a regular season. There is concerns with me with the Braves with their back end bullpen, but Hey, I mean, you have four, five guys on your, uh, in your starting lineup with 30 plus bombs. Matt Olson's gone from a 40 home run a year guy to a guy that, I mean, there's 16 games left. He could get to 60. He could homer every other night from here on out and be at 60 by the time this season's done. That wouldn't surprise me. 
I don't know what happened in that lineup. I don't know who's coaching. I don't know if it's Chipper Jones down there helping out that. <laughs> but apparently everyone on that team, like their team average, I believe, is above 300 at this point. And you see a guy like Azuna, Azuna that started the year so slow. He's going to finish the year with over 30 bombs and hit it at a 260, 270 clip. And he was abysmal at the start of the season. So that lineup is, is fun to watch. You stack them up against any team in the in the NL right now. I'm still probably taking the Braves, but the regular season is a regular season. I'm just excited for postseason baseball. Yeah, postseason baseball coming up quickly. The wild card race is super intense on both sides still. There's still some division races that are super intense. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on them because we've talked about them enough and everyone should be engaged with them, but I'm looking just at some series to watch upcoming. The Baltimore Orioles and Tampa Bay Rays both in the AL East have a 99.9% chance to make the postseason. They're both going to clinch. But however, tonight they kick off and this is uh, Thursday. So this will be game two. They kick off a series against the Rays, three game or four game set actually in Baltimore. And this is the last time these two teams will play each other. And then Baltimore has to play Houston, which you're aware of. And that has big implications because of Houston being the leader in the AL West by a game and a half at the time we are recording as well as the Rangers only a game behind them and the Mariners a game and a half behind them. So these are important series. The Cubs played the Diamondbacks. So there's some NL Wilds card series to watch as well. Cubs have a tough schedule coming up right now. They sit in the second National League wild card spot. They have to play the Brewers at the end of the year. They have to play the Diamondbacks, who are currently only like half a game out of a wild card spot, and they also have to play the Braves at some point before the season ends. So there is a lot of exciting baseball to be had Jordan are you okay uh with the Astros losing the two of three to Oakland is that something that concerns you at this point in the season it's definitely concerning I mean you and I talked what less than probably two or three weeks ago on this show and we talked about there's going to be series that come down in this last month where you need to go in and it almost feels like winning the series isn't enough like you need to be sweeping teams like this. Like the the athletics just lost their hundredth game of the season and they just took two out of three of the division leader. So I'm a little bit concerned, but I know that they have enough experience. I know from what I heard, Verlander was in the locker room after the game saying, do not take this for granted. We're on a run, yada, yada, you know, getting the team back. It was an easy bet to play the Astros minus one and a half the next night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you, these guys, they know how to lock in, and sometimes a season is so long and so mundane that it, when you play these, I would say, lower-class teams that are at the bottom of divisions, these rebuilding teams, it's it can be hard to get up for those games, but they're just as important as that series coming down the last series of the season. So you need to find a way to win games. And uh, luckily for the Astros, you saw the Mariners take on – was it the Rays? Mm-hmm. Yeah, lost three of four in Tampa, but the Mariners yeah. took care of business against the Angels and the so far game four is tonight between the Blue Jays and the Rangers, but the Rangers have owned that series so far. So the Rangers getting hot is something I didn't see, especially with how tough their schedule remained. And just to kind of fill you in where we're at right now, according to today's standings, the percentage wise, the AL West has the highest odds to bring three teams into the playoffs. We talked all year about the AL East being the one that might have three, maybe four teams make the postseason. Well, now the 
Astros are at a 97% chance to make the playoffs. The Rangers are at about 80 and the Mariners are at 77 while the Toronto Blue Jays, the only other real team in wild card contention sit below 50 now at 45 and a half. And that, a while back we were talking about how the last time we talked about the wild card, the Blue Jays had the sixth easiest schedule remaining. And it's just when you don't take advantage of it, it's crazy how that flips. The Rangers were on like the outside looking in percentages last time we talked. So the MLB is always always changing so it really doesn't do us too much justice to talk about it at this point because it's it's just flipping i am excited for when it all comes said and done to do our postseason prediction podcast i think that's one of my favorite ones we do every year but like jordan said it's just let's let's get there first absolutely and if you look at the spots available you touched on the the rays being basically a lock to get to the postseason there's Three teams fighting for two wild card spots. Anything could happen. The Astros could be one of those teams. I know there's going to be an AL West champion that's going to get an automatic bid. And then there's a chance that we get both of the other teams in the AL West in there as well. So a lot to go down, a lot of big games still to play. I list off a couple. And what I think is so fun with this is the, the AL wild card, whoever gets that sixth spot, it's like you're going to Minnesota. You're going to play Minnesota. It almost a lot of people see it. Don't get me wrong. I think Minnesota is really good. A lot of people see it as that team that gets the last wild card spot for the American League is in a good position. You should win that series. If you are in the NL right now, the Diamondbacks, Giants, Marlins, and Cincinnati are all fighting for a spot to get that last spot in the wild card. And your trip to fighting out for the past, what feels like since the 4th of July have been fighting it out for that last wild card spot. You get a trip for a three game series to face Corbin Burns, uh, Adrian Hauser and Freddie Peralta have fun playing Milwaukee like that. That's all yeah. that for that. And then Milwaukee is a tough playoff environment. So I, the NL wild card surprising has been more exciting for me to watch, but also I'm very nervous about the Mariners right now uh, holding that one in, but enjoy the last month. We're officially at the middle point. Hmm? <clears throat> Can the Cubs win that division? Uh, let's see here. I have it up. Cubs sit four games back of Milwaukee. Teams. I don't think they play Milwaukee anymore this year. Let's take a look as I pull that up. Yeah. No, they play. Oh, wait, they do. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine this? Three games at the end of the year in Milwaukee. The final three games of the season. If the Cubs can get within. There you go. I don't know where the series leads at actually. So let's just say to be safe within two, what if the Cubs do it? The Cubs, they, they, the big series right now is they're at Arizona starting Friday, which is today when this podcast drops, uh, they have Pittsburgh who's been playing pretty well lately, but nothing too crazy there. Then Colorado. So you're in a good position right there to set yourself up for a postseason clinch. But then you finish the season, six games all on the road, three of those being Atlanta and then three of those in Milwaukee. So you're going to have to find a way to, to win that Atlanta series. I think to stay in contention. Yeah, they got a tough stretch then. It'll be really interesting. I, I'm trying to like look at the wild card standings in the NL because it's just so many teams. Like the AL, it's all like, okay, whoever doesn't win the AL West, there's two teams that are competing for playoff first, and then there's the Blue Jays, and that's all you have to worry about. But then like the NL, there's like six teams still jumbling it up, and it's like their percentages aren't even that like 
they're pretty low. Like the Cubs have a 77% chance to make the playoffs while the Reds who aren't far behind them, only two and a half games, they have a 29% chance to, to clinch the postseason. The giants are below the diamondbacks right now. They have a 41% chance where the diamondbacks only have a 34% chance. And then Miami is starting to fall. They just got a big bite to potentially losing Alcantara. They're down to 23.5%. While Philly is the only one you don't need to worry about with a 96% chance. So it's, it's a, uh, it's gonna be a fight. How far out are who? Are the Mets? Uh, let's let's take a look at our our sweet dear friends, the New York Mets, to wrap up the podcast. Only oh, eight right. ga- only yeah. eight games out. Remember our bet? We said that the Padres were going to. We said screw it, the Padres are going to go on a run. Yeah, that was bad. Really bad. It's so bad that the Pittsburgh Pirates have hopped them now in the playoff race. So, buck up or raise it, whatever they say. So <laughs> we will own that one. We're not good at that. So, uh, but really, really exciting times for just football, baseball, all sports, all things love, all things horns for Jordan. Uh, they got Wyoming this week and you know, they're good. Wyoming beat Texas tech and Oregon struggle with Texas tech, Jordan. So are you nervous? I'm not nervous. <laughs> Games in, in Austin, not nervous. Games in Austin. I, you can't you you can't write them off when you go up to Cheyenne, Wyoming. But I mean, the game's in Austin. When you see Bebo run out of the tunnel, you're a little horrified. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll give you that. And they no, they the first game of the season they played Rice and they kept <laughs> they kept panning to Bebo and he was literally standing under this one sliver of shade because the field was like 115 degrees down there. I'm like, this is like they're gonna get Peta called on them, bro. <laughs> Bebo just. Pass is that? <laughs> yeah. All right, that's awesome. Hey, man, dudes and balls. Thanks for listening. Everybody, have a great weekend. Enjoy the fall. Season's changing. Try not to get sick. Drink your orange juice. Apple cider. Take care, everybody. Take care, y'all.